Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. This week on the podcast, we're talking about Nike's new TV ad for their new maternity line, Nike M. We talk about some digital job opportunities that are out there, especially around the brand Nerf. And our brand feature this week is Shameless, the two Aussie journalists taking the podcast world by storm. Hi, Jade. How was your week? Um, yeah, good. We had a busy week, didn't we? Yeah. We presented a brand strategy for a client, which I think went well. So well. Always, yeah. always. I always find that nerve-wracking, delivering a brand strategy. Like, what about if they hate it? And I never find it nerve-wracking. I'm just excited <laughs> and confident. I know. You're so good at the sell. So good at the sell. Look, it's not a sell when it's right. And That's true. I, I have confidence in our team. I have confidence in the strategies we've put out to date. Therefore... I've no need to be nervous. Yep, that's true. That's why we're a team, Jade. Yeah. You, can be, you can sit there going, oh, God, is oh this God. right? And I sit there going, it sure it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we work so out. well together. We, yeah, but it, it wouldn't work if we were both nervous. It wouldn't work probably if we were both confident then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. I'll be nervous for both of us. Yeah, exactly. All right. This week, I want to talk about a new ad from Nike. Nike or Nike? What do you say? Nike. Oh, I say Nike. Ooh. <laughs> Nike. Okay. I'm going to go with Nike. <laughs> anyway, to launch their new maternity line, Nike M, they released a 30-second spot, TVC, saluting mothers as the toughest athletes. As someone who's very concerned of the effect um, media and advertising has on body image, I was a little bit skeptical of how Nike would approach this without making women feel like they need to be fit or during pregnancy or after they've had kids. Or let's be real, the first few years after having kids is very hard. So I'm happy to say, though, that I think they did quite a good job without making women feel inadequate. Mm. Um, I'll read you a little bit so you can get an idea of the TVC, but we'll put the link in the show notes. It says, as the determined women pump breast milk before a yoga session or take a short breather during a daytime run, a voiceover reminds the viewer that like a mother, an athlete is anyone who moves, listens to their body, pushes themselves past their limits and earns every single win. So I thought they did a really good job at, you know, promoting their maternity line, but without making women who might be pregnant or just had kids feel like they have to look a certain way or be doing a certain amount of exercise, because that's what I was worried they were going to, how it was going to come across. What did you think? Yeah, totally. Like they, you see someone doing a push up, like a mum doing a push up. I think she's pregnant and it's a pretty pathetic push-up to be honest but it's like totally what my push-up would be yeah so it's kind of relatable you go okay I'm glad I don't have an athlete doing a push-up where it's completely flat back like all extremely <laughs> like you know if we're if us women who are pregnant are going to try and do a push-up it's going to be we're going to try but it's not going to look pretty oh and it's going to be hard it's going to be hard yeah so I think they really did um get the balance right because they did have some athletes in there mm-hmm. there was a few I think yes but then there was also a very good mix of the everyday woman yes and I'm surprised to feel that after it finished it made me want to be pregnant again. Oh, gosh. I know. I was actually like, I can do this. Every woman, we're an athlete. Like we can, you know, I actually, I know Jade's laughing because I've never said this before, but I had, I was like, is this the desired outcome for them? Do they want us to feel Do they want that? me to do they want make them? more kids? Yeah, do they feel, is, am I feeling like 
being pregnant, you can achieve anything. Like I actually was like, I could do and have another baby. I am a strong woman. Yeah. And obviously that advertising kind of worked on me because <laughs> I, I then was like, got scared. I was like, oh, that actually babies turn to toddlers and toddlers are bloody hard. <laughs> I think pregnancy turns to babies and babies is hard and babies turn to toddlers and toddlers are hard. Yes. I think it's interesting because I think that was part of what they did well is making, you know, a woman was, you know, um, pumping as she was like trying to look after a baby and then trying to do some yoga. And I'm like, that is exactly how it is. It's very hard to just go, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to do some yoga. Like it's not, it's not that simple anymore when you're a mum or even when you're pregnant, like I need, if I'm going for a run now, I'm still breastfeeding. I've got to wear two sports bras these Mm. days. Like you've got, there's so many logistical things Mm. as a mum or when you're pregnant that you have to worry about just to do some exercise. Mm. Like it's not as simple. And they really, really touched on that in, in this spot, which I think is probably what created that emotional connection for you. Yeah. They must've done some good consumer insight um, because I definitely related. I definitely felt they made me be proud that I've gone through that and done that. And if anything was like, yeah, we can do this and it doesn't have to be pretty and it doesn't have to be perfect. But if you can get any exercise in while you're pregnant or a mum, good on you. Yes. And that's what I feel like this spot was doing. It was just applauding the everyday person yeah. for just, just moving. Yeah. Yeah. Just, or at least trying to. Yeah. yeah I agree. I think, however, though, it was very brave of Nike to release this ad And I didn't know about this before doing the research, but they had a public falling out with one of their sponsored athletes. So she released, her name is Alison Felix, and she um, wrote an opinion piece for the New York Times. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago now, maybe one or two. I think it was almost two years ago. She's a well-decorated US sprinter, and she was one of Nike's most recognized athletes until she became pregnant. So um, Nike offered her a 70% pay cut in her new deal once she became pregnant. I think it was unfortunate timing for her for when she fell pregnant to her contract was being renegotiated. And when Felix asked the brand to contractually guarantee that she wouldn't be punished if she didn't perform at her best in the months surrounding childbirth, who is going to perform their best Mm. after the months surrounding childbirth, Nike refused to do so. Crazy. So her story in the Times sparked public outcry and prompted Nike to announce a new maternity policy a few months later for its sponsored athletes. The brand guaranteed compensation for the 18 months surrounding childbirth as and other companies have followed suit, I think, for their sponsored athletes. Um, So now two years later, they've released this ad, which I think is interesting. Mm. Um, Look, and she said, um, my experience along with many others forced Nike to support athletes' maternity. So in, in, you know, in hindsight, it's been a good thing. She said, and when I watched this ad, she said it doesn't seem to acknowledge that war that she battled with them. Um, they've kind of just glossed over that and kept going, um, which I think is a shame. But I think it was very... Um, Controversial at the time, for yeah, sure. And, and, and Yeah. Well, it seems like they're... they're they're working redeeming themselves from the, that time. Yeah. And you'd hope that, yes, all contracts moving forward, they've learned their lesson. I know. I can't believe that you would expect an athlete to continue at their best after childbirth. Do you know I heard the other day, which I think was very, very true. They said a new mother, for a new mother, it's like having a baby, having, having your first baby, for example, is like being in a major car accident and getting up the next day and being expected to go to a new job. <gasps> 
Don't you reckon that yeah. is so true? Yeah. Like from the physical trauma of giving birth and then getting up the next day and going to a new job, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to expect someone to then perform at their best in terms of running tennis or whatever they're you the know, next day is just, you know, yeah. I had a client um, when I was pregnant at, um, at the ad agency that told me that he had an assistant, so a client, so um, a brand that I did the market, did the advertising for, said that he had an assistant that was so loyal to him, gave birth, and the next day was back at her desk. <gasps> next day. I know. And he was telling me this when I was pregnant. Like as if, are you going to come back the next like, day? Uh, yeah, that's I was not like, me. who is she? <laughs> <laughs> Far out. Is she real? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Never forgot But that. yeah, I think um, we'll put a link to the ad in the show notes, but well done on Nike for, I think, making n- not making women feel bad about themselves because I think a lot of brands do that and this didn't. So I think they've done that really well. Jade, I know how much you love TikTok. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Do you even have the app? No, <laughs> I rely on you for that. Oh, my gosh. Because we have so much time in order to go on this app. <laughs> but, well, I found a new, our new calling. We should become TikTok strategists. Oh, Nerf, Nerf has just released a statement. Nerf being the, you know, the Nerf guns. Yes, yes I do. Nerf, N-E-R-F. They will pay $10,000 a month for someone to help develop the brand's TikTok strategy. <laughs> Look, fine print. It does say you have to be in the US, but let's just ignore that right, right now. <laughs> the company will pay $10,000 a month for three months and the job is completely virtual. The brand started posting it to its TikTok account this week and so far has approximately 7,000 followers and only two videos. Nerf is also using its account to promote the new job with the hashtag, hashtag Nerf application. So a Nerf, they're actually looking for a Nerf strategist, $10,000 a month. I think you've got to post like 12 videos a month. Um, but we'll put the link to the actual job ad in the yep. show notes. But I don't think, I think the job's actually open till the end of April. So, you, so you're working on your application. Only list. if we have US, <laughs> only if we have US listeners. <laughs> so sorry, all the Australian listeners. I think it's interesting that they called this a CTO, Chief TikTok Officer. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> Um, I don't know how to feel about it. I feel like our industry has gone in just a space of a few years has gone from, you would have a marketing, maybe you'd have a marketing director, you'd have a head of marketing, you might have a marketing coordinator, marketing manager, marketing assistant, you know, and then it kind of went, you would have a digital marketing manager and you had some digital people. Now you've got social media, you've got someone just doing analytics you've got people just doing you know google adwords you've you've so many specific job titles in the industry now it's grown from like five to 50 in a matter of a couple of years it's it's crazy and i think what what is hard is you're expecting now like if you're a marketing manager of a small business it might just be you you don't have you know the business isn't big enough to warrant a team of 10 Mm. you have to know all of those roles you have to you're you're, you as the marketing manager are fulfilling all of those roles Mm. that is hard Mm. you have to you have to have some good suppliers on board to help you with that Mm. because not everyone is a coke uh, apple with a team of 20 Mm. to 200 to have a specific person for each role I know. And look, this is obviously what the brands are up against. You know, Nerf is sitting there going, look, we're, we're behind in the, in they're, they're, they're hundred percent millennial, like mm. need to advertise to the kids and the millennials. Mm. And they are all sitting on this app. And the fact that they've only got 7,000 followers, Nerf being a massive brand, they, they are seeing value in hiring someone that's going to post 10 to 12 Nerf related TikTok videos 
um, a month and pay them for it. So it's almost creating that buying an influencer for 10 grand, which to be honest is good value Mm. if it's a good influencer, if someone is looking to get in this space. Mm. It's a three-month role and – yeah, they, they they will give you all the Nerf things so that you can make these videos. I would, to be honest, I would hate this job. I don't know I about you. I would love this job. Oh, my gosh. I would hate it. Oh, my God. I sent the link to Lee and I said, we have found our calling. Because you know what's <laughs> funny? And the funniest thing is he actually went to a paintballing team bonding session last week and he won um, he won something. I think it was like the person that hid for the longest, like he hid and didn't mm. partake in the paintballing, so he didn't get. <laughs> so um, they gave him. He won in a prize, and he won this massive Nerf gun. And so Lee and I, like for the last week, have actually been playing with this Nerf gun with the boys. <clears throat> so when I when I found this ad, I sent it to him, and I was like, "Mate, we have to make some Nerf videos. <laughs> we'll get we paid. could get paid." <laughs> He didn't actually See, understand what I was going on about. But. I think um, sitting in a marketing manager role for a while and having to develop a bit of content for social media, I started to hate it because it was such a mammoth job yeah. to create content ongoing for a business to, yeah, to, to then reviewing it, what had the best engagement, doing more of that, changing this. It takes the fun out of it. Oh my gosh, it does. And it takes a lot of time yeah. to, you know, to, to, um, you find people to participate in videos, to um, set up photos, to then writing a caption, to posting it, to scheduling it, to monitoring the comments. I'm like, I hated it. Like, mm. it, I mean, not everyone. Some people would love the content side of it, but mm. it was just something that I didn't want to do. Mm. But I mean, playing with a Nerf gun sounds a bit more fun than some of the other stuff I was doing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting though. But if you do find that this comes naturally to you, I would totally be looking at avenues to have a career in this. Oh, for sure. Like for our students yep. that generally like making content, Mm. um, keep it going. Like do it as your side job. And there's going to be opportunities more and more like what Nerf are doing Mm. for brands. And you know what I would do if I were you, if I genuinely liked making content, approach the brands yeah, and say, look, if I send you 10 videos a month, um, if you post them, it will cost this much, you know, Mm. like let, let them use your content. And Mm. if there's a brand that you really resonate with, uh, reach out to them and try and be this, this like say a tiktoker or instagram content creator content creator for the Mm, brand yep um i feel like our students would be loving that yeah and i've actually seen a lot of um a few brands i follow on instagram like local ones um putting the call out for um content creators Mm. and saying hey if anyone's in this space we'll give you products send us um send us some of your work and if you know we'll pick a few and send you your product to create some content for us so it's definitely Definitely a growing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was also some different, um, like, there's some different industry job titles that are coming up. And Bud Light actually had a chief meme officer. <laughs> so you know, it's it's there's some some funny names that are coming into the digital marketing space now. And I think like a meme officer, you 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 know, that takes a certain type of person, but hilarious that of course it'd be a brand i would like the meme officer more than the uh chief tiktok officer oh see i would like the tiktok officer that would just be great but no one would probably like my videos so (laughs) i'm not about to say i'm great at doing tiktok videos but there's definitely people out there that would that would be brilliant Our brand feature this week is Aussie Podcast Shameless. It's hosted by Melbourne journalists Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews, and it was awarded the most popular podcast of 2019. The Popular Culture Podcast has now been downloaded more than 20 million times. Far out. Crazy. 
We wanted to chat about the Shameless brand today. Since their humble beginnings, they've launched their own book club, they've launched their own merchandise, and even published their own book. They also recently went live with a rebrand to the Shameless Media Company. So, Alicia, I know you're a big fan of this podcast. What do you think about how they've built their brand? Look, this is a brand that has authenticity at its core. The girls are very open about their backgrounds, their upbringings, who they are. They are they have themselves on a plate and literally are evolving as the brand grows. Even yesterday I was listening to um, their In Conversation episode with Joel Creasy and they literally were saying how the book that they released in um, when they were 26, which I think was last year, they're now 27, um, that they've changed even since then. So yeah. they are putting themselves out there constantly in a completely authentic way. There is no um, gloss or um, fakeness about their brand. They are the definition of authentic as well. They they go get on a podcast twice a week and literally just talk about their, you know, they talk about obviously pop culture and things, but they also throughout that have their own their own opinions on all of this. And they, they are very, um, they are very upfront that they are their opinions mm. and they don't, and they look, the daily mail and things do come from it at some times and they have to back up what they've said or they have to apologize for what they said, yeah. but they're used to that and they know that's what they're doing. Yeah. To be honest, I, I was going to say that, that I think that was one of the crucial things in how they've built their following is they haven't been afraid to call out people or opinions that they don't agree with. And I think that has led them to have such a loyal, have a lot of loyal followers. Massively, massively bold. Yeah. Um, and I I remember when they first started, I was actually scared for them from a marking PR perspective because I thought, gosh, I hope they have um, the right team around them to be able to back up, you know, what they're putting out mm-hmm. there. And especially since they, they grew such a big, they were almost like their own, they've got they've got their own um network now i was i hoped they had the right people around them to support them mm. because it's hard to take that backlash sometimes or oh. or back up those things by yourself like i even know from a big brand and watching the ceo take some of the criticism that they have to take and what and who has to get around them let alone two girls in melbourne who have a staff now of one you know, yeah. I, I just hope they had the right the right people mm. supporting, and it seems like their family are massive support for them. But it doesn't seem to have shaken them, and they have they have gone from strength to strength. Oh my gosh, they've done so well. Um, I've got a few uh, quotes from them about um their start, which I think is really interesting. They said from the beginning they were strategic about how they seeded the podcast, and they resorted to old school forms of advertising, mm-hmm. so putting posters up in university bathrooms and telling everyone to spread the message. And I think that's really refreshing to hear that they. You know, work, it wasn't just an overnight success. Um, and they said when they had about 7,000 listeners a week, that's when they just tried, decided to try and monetize it with sponsors. They said um, they thought, they, she said, I thought we could get maybe a few hundred dollars an episode. Um, and she jotted down brands that they could reach out to. She had about a list of 100 and reached out to all of them and started just sending cold emails basically. Mm. And she said not long after that, they had their first sponsor. And she said the minute they had paying advertisers on their podcast was when advertisers started coming to them, right. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, they have they have built um, a little media. Well, it's not little. <laughs> <laughs> they have built their own media network, which is seriously impressive. And they, I think, um, I noticed probably a year ago that they were trying to diversify their probably income. 
because they obviously they were getting the income from the podcast, but they also had this big following on their platforms. So mm. I could see that they were getting income from from like an influencer sort of type yeah. way with their Instagram and things. But it is difficult. It's difficult because you only have a capacity of so much. So therefore, you to to grow that income, you either have to diversify the product, meaning make more podcasts, yeah. which means they need more time, they need more staff. Mm. And then you also need to hope that they have the same success and cut through that Shameless does. So yeah. they have like Love Etc. They have another one, I think, with the money. Um, yes, yeah. The the money. Mm. Um, so to, to grow that income and to grow that empire and to grow the, that following and then therefore the income that comes along with that so they can grow their team, yeah, it would be – I would love to be a fly on the wall or be in that room with them when they're discussing how to do that. Yeah. Um, but it seems like it seems like they they're they've got some great brand um, connections. Yeah. So in their partnerships, they had things like Stan, Maybelline, mm. Pepsi, Priceline. So they mm. work with some um, really notable mm. brands in terms of partnerships. Mm. Yeah. And I can I just bet that they're talking about how to leverage that because yeah. I, I think these brands would be happy with their service. I'm, I'm hoping, and I feel like mm. they are because I've seen them be not only once sponsored but you know maybelline's been on there quite a few times yeah so they're happy with what they're getting you'd seen but then how can the girls create a further partnership and in a in an authentic way because they don't want to then tarnish or almost sell off their you know their their mm. networks because mm. we do trust them and yeah. we listen for a reason and we un- we expect sponsorships because that's they literally say thanks for making this episode possible yeah so it's almost like a nod to guys we have to have sponsors otherwise we couldn't do this yeah I mean now I read an article where they're saying you know how how long they researched for one episode prep for the episode like it's out you know a day totally for, that's their know. whole business yeah you know we have a podcast as um. And it's not our business, right? Yeah. Like this podcast. We don't make money off the podcast. <laughs> no, this podcast is our is our um, passion project, and mm. our business is our marketing. Yeah. Whereas their business is their podcast. Yeah. So it's 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 necessary. It's their core. Mm. Um, whereas our business is our is yeah is exactly what we do um, on a day to day. So yeah, they they are going to, and I I reckon watch this space. Like you're gonna, I feel like we're gonna see other. Hopefully they've got um, some good mentors in the space of how to grow that revenue from their network. And I feel like we're going to see that happen. Like they've, they've doubled in some things and they've got their merch, but the merch is very charity based. Yeah, I don't think that was awesome. a huge revenue generator. No, no, yeah. but there yeah. is obviously, um, av- like they've got their book as well, obviously, yeah. but there is definitely avenues in which to capitalise on how many people they've got in their, in yep. their space yeah. in an influencer way probably. Yeah. Um, something I read really resonated with me, um, Alicia, because we talk about this a lot, about all the awkward moments when you're building your business. Mm. Um, and I think one of them, I think it was Michelle, was talking about the first person who joined their Facebook group who wasn't um, a family. friend or a family member. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> and she said, and this is a thing we've learned over and over in our careers, you have to embrace the awkward moments. If you want to start something good, it might come with other people looking at you and wondering what you're doing, thinking it's a bit weird or unusual. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, but being able to sit in that awkwardness and have that uncomfortable feeling is really powerful because it gives you the freedom to actually go and create things. Mm -hmm. If you let the feeling of doing something different that might fail eat you up, you will probably never create anything. A hundred percent. I feel you. That is exactly (laughs) us. 
Um, we wouldn't have started JNA Marketing. We wouldn't have started our podcast if we let the feeling of uncomfortable eat us up. But we love it. We love what we do. And to be honest, those people that rolled their eyes or the people that made us feel uncomfortable, there wasn't that many, but mm. we just assume. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we assume you're out there. Yeah, we assume you're out there. Um, we just, they've gone. Yeah. Like, you know, we've been doing this now for quite a while and they've they've gone. This is our 25th episode. Exactly. Yeah. So, but maybe on the first few episodes, we felt they might have been rolling their eyes, but yeah. that, that feeling went a long time ago. So it's, it's interesting to see that because I'm sure... Yeah, imagine if Shameless never came about because oh, they know. and yeah. we love that would that would be a shame. <laughs> exactly, we we love we love these girls and um we love what they're doing in the space of the pop culture and uh, they and the millennial um sort of the millennial views on things. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see what they get up to next. Yeah. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at Marketing That Matters Pod. We love a chat. Thanks for listening to the Marketing That Matters podcast. Hold up. 